on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Greg Matzik. Another disappointing end to a game against the Reds here at American Family Field. Brewers fall to the Reds 4-2. Some late-inning drama for the Brewers, who tied the game in the ninth inning on a Keston here, a missile to right center field. Second deck shot just over the shorewest.com sign. And finally, the, this place erupted here at American Family Field, but the, uh, the rules of the tenth inning and extra innings in general sort of bite the Brewers. A costly three-base error by Mike Brasso. And the Reds were able to tack on an insurance run to go ahead and win the series. Frustrating loss for the Milwaukee Brewers. Love to talk to about, uh, to you about it here on the program. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ, 855-616-1620. If you'd like to reach us, it's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll hear from Brewers Manager Craig Council. Got highlights from today's game. And joining us in the booth here, watching kids run the bases, is uh, Jerry Augustine. Jerry, do you do you, you want to get down there and do your running and come back up, or what, what are you feeling? I was thinking of going down there, but these kids could all beat me around, so I, <laughs> I'm going to stay right up here and watch it with you. I, I think you should go, you, you start at home and go to third and do it backwards and then just see, if, see what happens then. Yeah, it'd be a kind of a collision course. These uh, kids are okay. really running the bases as <laughs> well. Uh, frustrating series again here, Augie. You start off with a win in game number one, back-to-back losses in games two and three. And it's a, a familiar script. It's, once again, a, a bullpen that is now suddenly unsettled. And, you know, even minor mistakes are, are seemingly magnified. Now, uh, today, the Brewers just didn't have much margin for error, only putting up one run and, you know, just five hits on the afternoon in a game that wins extra innings. So th- there wasn't much room for error. But whatever errors the Brewers did have on the mound came back to bite them today. It sure did. You know, you get anytime you get to the extra innings, it's always important. That leadoff hitter is always important. And what Cincinnati was able to do off of Devin Williams was to be able to put the ball in play. And you put the ball in play, and the good th- something's going to happen. And Mike Brasso tried to, on most cases, probably would have not even attempted to make the throw to first base but with the runner on second he tried to make the play and it was a little errant and really led to uh, two runs for Cincinnati and to win the ball game. 4-2 the final the Brewers fall to a game and a half back of the St. Louis Cardinals for first place in the division so because of last night's loss the Brewers actually started the day out of the playoff race and looking in so had the season ended today the Brewers would not have been a wild card team nor would they have been division winners so now they got to fight their way back into the race and yeah, turning it around is uh, easier said than done. Um, and I'm going to be honest, this team is different since the trade of Josh Hader. There is not a player in that clubhouse, Augie, in my opinion, that is pleased with the trade of Josh Hader. Because in my opinion, it, it looks more ahead to the future than it does attacking the present. Everybody thought this roster would be augmented and fortified for a stretch run for a first-place team that had won two out of three in Boston against the Red Sox. And instead of you know, looking over their shoulder to see who the new all-star talent is coming in, they're watching an all-star leave. That cannot go over well. I don't care what the world of analytics say and why this team maybe isn't as much worse as some people think without Josh Hader, but analytics don't play out inside the walls of a clubhouse, and those players are pissed. 
I guarantee it. it. And there's per, the personality. It's the personality of the ball club. And, you know, you look at what this ball club was in the, prior to the trade of Josh Hader. You saw this team in Boston, and prior to that, really giving some really great at-bats late in the ballgame, being able to not only score runs early, but to add runs on. And, you know, it's, it's all about scoring runs early in the game and getting a lead. That's so important. You let your starting pitchers relax, and then you you got to score from there. you got to give you got to put some runs on the board, and the Brewers were able to do that. But if they didn't, they get to the last two innings of the ball game, and they gave some great at bats. We saw that in Boston. He came back a couple games to win, and uh, it really has made a difference. Now, I don't know if exactly the Josh Hader deal had a lot to do with that, but it has a lot to do with this bullpen because when you have a Josh Hader uh, and with Devin Williams in front of him, it was guaranteed you get to the get to the seventh or eighth, and this game is over. And uh, it's just interesting to see. It, it does have an effect, and I think there's some adjustments. And I think with the trade, there's got to be there's going to be some more adjustments to get to allow. Craig Council to find out exactly how he wants to use the guys that he does have in the bullpen now with the center on Devin, uh, Devin Williams. But it's interesting at how this team has played inside the division. You're thinking, you're thinking Cincinnati, you're thinking Pittsburgh. These are good series teams that you should come up with a good winning series, and the Brewers have struggled against those two teams. Got a note from Howie in the text line saying the trade of Josh Hader feels like the Brewers just put out the white flag and making the playoff is enough. Can the Brewers still win the division? We'll Sure. Uh, mathematically, of course. Absolutely. The Brewers are still in this thing. But it, it is just sort of a, in unsettled nature, as you discussed, Jerry. You get to the seventh inning in a high-leverage situation, you know the deal. It's Boxberger, it's Williams, it's Hader, and good luck with that. Despite the struggles Hader had in the month of July, shortly after the birth of his child, uh, he was incredible this season. Devin Williams' scoreless streak is ridiculous. Boxberger's got Houdini written all over him and can get out of jams like he did tonight. And now you're talking about a new crop, some new talent, players that really aren't used to different situations being put into, a, in some cases, a different league in the case of Matt Bush. And Craig Council has to figure out where these guys thrive, to your point. So you took what was settled and solid and sort of threw it up in the air and said, all right, and now you got to make the puzzle pieces fit again. And, you know, it's almost like getting healthy, like you have an injury and you're, you've got to go back and you've got to re, re design what you're going to do in that bullpen. And it's going to take some time. I don't care what anybody says about what they've done in the trades. The trade happened. It's over and it's done with. But when you got the guys like a Matt Bush and you, you got Taylor Rogers, you're going to have to find out how you want to use these guys. How are they going to settle in the routine? What is the makeup of this bullpen when you get late in the ball game? It's going to work itself out. But it's like having an injury, having guys on an injury list, and now coming off it and see what their health is. you got to get healthy. Getting healthy this way is finding the routine of each of these pitchers and how you're going to use them. 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, if you'd like to chime in as a bunch of little fans are running around the bases here at American Family Field with the mascots strewn about, running... High five Bernie and the racing sausages. Have some fun. At least to go out on a smiling note here uh, as the Brewers drop two of three against the Reds. We are just getting started here on the program. We'll take you till uh, about 6.15, 6.20 or so as we continue and try and figure out a way the Brewers can pick up the pieces here and move forward. Not much margin for error. Missed out on a couple of opportunities today like they did last night in game number two of this series. But the end result is the same. A loss. A series loss to one of the bottom feeders in the NL Central, and now a game and a half back of the Cardinals, who last I looked were beating the Yankees in the late innings in St. Louis. We'll keep you updated on that game as well. More Brewers extra innings after this on WTMJ. 
This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. To a pitch, swinging a high fly ball, deep left center field, way back, it is gone. Willie Adamas, his 22nd home run of the season, 1-0 Brew Crew. That came in the third inning. Gave the Brewers a 1-0 lead, as you heard Jeff mention. Brewers also had a base runner via the base hit, a single in the fourth inning. That was from Luis Arias. They did not have a hit in the fifth inning. They did not have a hit in the sixth inning. They did not have a hit in the seventh inning. They did not have a hit in the eighth inning. And then Keston Hero's home run in the ninth gave the Brewers a, a 2-2 or 2-2 tie, made the game a 2-2 tie. So quiet offense here, not a lot of margin for error. Taylor Rogers has a couple of strikeouts, but also allows a run uh, that proved big in this game. Devin Williams run unearned because of a three-base error by Mike Brasso. There's not a runner standing on second base to start that inning. I, I don't think Brasso even throws the ball toward Rowdy Telez. And then you're talking about a sack fly that scores a fourth run, which is a huge run in this game when you're talking about a two-run deficit. Uh, Big-time insurance run. The Reds cashed in on their opportunities, especially uh, late, Jerry. Uh, They had some other opportunities that the Brewers pitching was able to work out of, but uh, just that that inch, right, that that inch of space they were able to create in the 10th inning was too much for the Brewers to overcome. You know, you're going into that to the ninth inning, and then you have Kesson come up and just uh, uh, get, just has a, uh, against Strickland, just has a really great at-bat. Starts off 0-2, takes him to 3-2, gets a fastball up and away, goes with that pitch, hits the ball out of the ballpark, and gets the Brewers. All the fans start erupting, and you think that the Brewers are going to be able to score some runs, uh, get on base. The first guy's walked, and he throws a double play ball, which took him out of it. But I think any time you go to the extra innings that first hitter is so important and then what you want to do is you got to put the ball in play there's a got to get that runner from second to third somehow and I think that what happened that with off of Devon there you got a good change up down and and Aquino was able to just chop it and Mike Brasso tried to make a great play but like you said like you said Greg nine times out of ten if it, if there's not a runner on second base he doesn't make that throw it changed the whole complexion inning Aquino recognized it was able to get to third and then had the fly ball scoring that fourth run let's go to Kyle in Queens New York he's joining us on Brewers extra innings greetings Kyle Hey, Greg. Tough loss today, my friend. It was tough. Also, nice to hear Jerry, too, if I'm correct. I met Jerry a couple of years ago. I believe you still have one kid in New York City. I believe in Manhattan, my friend. Yes, I do. He's a doctor at uh, Veterans Hospital in the Bronx. Very nice. Very nice. Remember that. Uh, oh, my gosh. First of all, tough, but uh, got to spread some positivity here, you know. We forget, Greg and Jerry, it's August 7th. It's a long season, man. I know we've been going down since Hater, but it's just like Jerry said. Guys got to figure out their role, try to figure out what they're going to do, and it might take a week or so. But people also forget the Brewers are one of three teams in the NL to have an above 500 winning record against teams above 500. So just want to make sure you agree, disagree, You guys have your own opinion. You think they'll pick it up, pick up the pace, eventually figure things out. And the Cardinals, I'm not worried about this Cardinals. This Cardinals, this team is so streaky. Yes, they might be, they'll probably win right now. I think DeYoung just hit a three run homer. So, whatever. The Yanks have been below 500 since June. But uh, that team can win six, also lose six. They live and die by the two hitters. But appreciate listening from Wauwatosa. Live in New York right now, but listen to you guys. Uh, after each game. So thanks for thanks for the great work, guys. 
Yep, good stuff, Kyle. You know, you say the Cardinals are streaky, and, and they have been, Jerry, but I, I would argue the Brewers have been as well. I mean, 14 games of 500 or 13 games above 500, and then they have one of the longer losing streaks in Craig Council's career, and everybody's saying, whoa, what is going on with this team? And then they rebound, and they get back to, again, double digits above 500. They win a couple out of the All-Star break against Boston, and at the time this team was looking to have uh, the roster augmented, there was more of a, a subtraction, a, a bigger subtraction than you thought. So uh, there's certainly time to rebound. I get it. But I, I, I feel like the clubhouse just not, did not expect what happened to have happened, and now they got to find a way to, to rebound and, and you know sort of galvanize as a team. So I, I guess I don't think a sweep against the Pirates was expected. I don't think you ever expect a sweep to the Pirates, especially how it happened. But I'm not surprised it was a little rocky coming out of Pittsburgh. So now I, that's why today would have been such a great opportunity to, to get a win and just sort of win a series again and get back moving in the right direction. I, I don't think it'll take much. But it's got to happen here before too long, and, and this division starts to separate. Well, you know the thing is, we always talk about with the, with the NL Central. You got to play well in the division. I'm not even worried about whether the it's the Cardinals, the Brewers, the Cubs, the Pirates, and the and the Cincinnati Reds. You still have to play uh, play very well inside that division. And what we're seeing lately is the Pirates and the Cincinnati Reds are te- we're telling the Milwaukee Brewers that you may want to win the division with the St. Louis Cardinals, but we're going to be we're still in this division and we can make a difference. And their young kids are coming out and playing very well. We haven't played the Cubs in a while. I'm sure they're trying to do the same thing. So, but I think it's really about the one thing. You talk about the Cardinals right away. You think offense, the two big guys that they got uh, at, at third and first and their offensive woes, which they've been swinging the bat very well. But it's all going to come down to the bullpen. I think bullpens make the difference. And when you look at St. Louis, it's all about having the young kids like Hicks and Cabrera really setting the tone in the late innings to get to that final guy in the in the bullpen and in the Brewers. Now with the trade of Josh is how are the Brewers going to make that adjustment? And like you said, just said, Greg, in the next two weeks, next three weeks, you got guys like Rogers and Matt Bush. You know, they came over to a club. They're still adjusting to get to that new club. They're adjusting about coming in the game and how they're going to be used. They understand they got to come into the bullpen, come out of the bullpen, and they got to throw strikes. Everybody understands that. They got to get out. So that's your job. But getting in that routine of feeling that comfort level of saying, I am now a Milwaukee Brewer. This is the way Craig is going to use me. I'm in this routine and now let's go get them and I think that's going to take some time and we just have to be a little patient hopefully we'll have positive results before that but I think it's going to take some time let's talk to George in Pewaukee next on WTMJ hi George thanks for holding hi Greg hi Jerry thanks for taking my call um yeah the 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 inconsistent hitting let's say or now it's the bullpen and if it's if it's all about the morale in the clubhouse that that Josh Hader trade really is in morale ways affected the team. Um, I, I said this back even a few years ago, and maybe I'm wrong. You can comment on it, but is Mark Antanasio's number one objective to, to make a profit and is a world series, not the most biggest priority on the list that with the Josh Hader trade, um, if, if this trade would have gotten us closer to being in a World Series, it seems like it's done the opposite, especially if it's affected the overall morale of the team. I think, I think it's going to be really hard to play consistent baseball if you don't feel as though upper management's number one goal is 
is to win a championship. Yeah, I appreciate the the phone call, George. And, it, you know, Jerry, you're here all weekend celebrating the 1982 team, and I, I know you had a great weekend catching up with a lot of old friends, and Raleigh was here. Raleigh was that big acquisition for the Brewers, right. right? Your playoff team, playoff caliber team, we smell blood in the water. We've got the offense. We've got good pitching. Now we're going to add this Hall of Fame closer to our roster. Well, think about if you had Raleigh to get yourself to that position in the season, and then he was traded away. Makes a big difference. Right. Just think about what happens in the clubhouse when that happens, right? Well, let me let me bring a little different scenario, Greg, and we, we can maybe chat about it. In 1982, halfway through the season, Raleigh hurt his arm, and he wasn't even available in the – he was still on the roster for for the World Series, but he couldn't throw. He literally literally had a better – but what the way he was, just having him around, having that morale part of our ball club made, made Peter Ladd. Peter Ladd, when he come in the game, he was relaxed. Peter Ladd threw the ball as good as Peter Ladd can ever throw the ball from probably June of 82 until the World Series. And he threw the ball very well. And if you ask Peter Ladd today, game two, there was a 2-2 pitch that Lee Wire called a fastball right down the middle, a ball three, and then they end up, say St. Louis, end up scoring some runs and winning the game. He'll tell you about that pitch because he, <laughs> he still talks about it. But 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 anyway, the morale of the team of having Raleigh here, who was a really great closer, really helped our club be better. And I think some guys sometimes when you have someone who is that good can help other guys on the team. And I think the effect that Josh has had in that bullpen was not that Josh Josh Hader's the best reliever in baseball, but his persona around his club made it better. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here. Brewers fall to the Reds 4-2 in 10 innings. They dropped 2 of 3 in the series, and right now Cardinals are still playing, so right now it's a a 1.5 game deficit for the Brewers for the top spot in the NL Central. And that's also the deficit in the wild card race. So Brewers got a little work to do uh, to get back on top of the division and back in the wild card races in the National League. We'll take your calls and thoughts coming up on the other side. Lots of nuggets here on the text line. Folks on hold, we will get to you coming up uh, in just a few minutes here on the program. Also, we'll hear from Brewers manager Craig Council on a today's tough loss and highlights as well. More Brewers extra innings after this on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Swinging, drive to right, deep, big trouble, and we are tied. The Pierce game, his first big league home run. That was one of the only mistakes Corbin Burns made in his six innings of work. A home run by Michael Papierski tied the game at one in the fifth, his first career home run. Uh, of course, last night, Jose Barrero hit his first and second career home run in the big league. So uh, guys finding their way here against Brewers pitching at American Family Field. Last night was a loss. Tonight, a loss. Both by a two-run deficit, 4-2 the final in 10 innings. Got a note on the text line here, Jerry, from Mike in Colorado, one of our great listeners, saying, bottom of the ninth, Luis Arias gets on first, Davis goes in as a pinch runner, and instead of working the count, Victor Caratini swings at the first pitch and grounds into a double play. You've got Davis on first, and Luis Arias runs just fine. Davis is just a little bit better. And you're thinking in that situation, all right, are they going to find a way to grab a bag here? Right, find a way to grab a bag, find a way to move runners over. I, I know the small ball discussion is a big one with our audience. I've talked to Craig Council about this before, and he has told me personally, small ball still has a place in this game when the run scoring environment is proving to be challenging. That could be a pitcher is dealing. That could be the conditions. That could be the wind. It could be a, mu- a multitude of things. 
I would say in a day like today, the run scoring environment was challenging because the Brewers really had very few to a few hits to talk about. But in that situation, I'm thinking, here's let him go, let him get to first base. Victor Caratini hit it hard, but it's a double play, and all of a sudden the wind is out of your sails there in that offense. It was, and I think what Caratini was just looking for a good good ball to hit and got it and just put a swing on it. He hit it hard, it was just right at somebody. But I think one thing when you look at at, at pinch running and putting Urias at first base or you're going and you put a guy like Davis. Davis is a is a stolen base, stealing base threat. They know that. The other team knows it. That makes a difference to the pitcher on the mound. Number one, you have to concentrate on keeping him close because you know he can steal that base. You not only got to concentrate there and hold him there, but you have to make that good pitch. And I think sometimes we get that misconception that, oh, you put the guy on base, he's going to steal right away. But some, there's also two sides to that where that guy on base may change the way that the way the pitcher goes about and pitch and throw pitches that sequence to the hitter, and I think sometimes you got to look at it both ways. And right there, I think Caratini got a great pitch to hit. He hit it hard too. He hit it right at him. He hits it anywhere. It's a base hit, and runners and the Brewers got something going on there. But I think the base runner comes in twofold. Number one, if he gets the situation, you can steal the base. If the count's ready, you can uh, in the right right times you can steal the base. Otherwise, it changes what that the what that. Pitching sequence might be for the pitcher. Let's talk to Matt in Watertown. You're on WTMJ. Thanks for holding. Hi, Matt. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I, I still think this team's going to be fine. We were just leaving uh, leaving the ballpark now, and, you know, there was still a lot of excitement in the stands. Everybody was – most of the people were hanging out, waiting for something good to happen, uh, kind of beating the same drum as everybody else. I think that the offense is more the issue than it is the hater trade. It, if we could have got a bat, um, and, you know, if, if we get somebody hot, someone that's going to solidify that lineup, these guys are going to be just fine. I still fully expect to make the playoffs and to make a run. I don't think we're much worse than we were with Hater. Was Hater great in the ninth? Yes. Uh, but, you know, I, I would have gladly – taking that hater trade, uh, especially if we could have worked something out to get a bat. Um, I'm not a big Rowdy fan, that's for sure. Um, I think if, if we had a first baseman who is more solid, who could produce consistently instead of so sporadically, I think we'd be in great shape. Yeah, Matt, I hope you're right uh, in terms of the rebound. And, and I'd, honestly, Augie, I I agree with Matt. I, I don't think the Brewers are much worse without Josh Hader. I mean, he is a one-inning guy, the everyday position player. That's not him. That's just not his role. And I think Taylor Rogers is okay. He gave up a run today, and it, it hurt. There's no doubt about that. But he is not a miss-your-bat kind of pitcher, and Josh Hader is. So when you get into these situations in the late innings especially, and there's a runner on second base, Josh Hader's the guy who's going to miss your bat. Right, he, he's gonna right. he's gonna yeah, get three strikeouts. Perfectly, he, right. he, he's not pitching to contact, right? And that's a big difference with Josh Hader. And while I don't think on paper the Brewers are much worse, I'll, I'll say it again: you, you cannot describe via analytics what the mood in a clubhouse is after an All Star leaves your team and your team is in first place. Like that, like there is a human component to this that goes beyond the world of analytics. That requires adjustment, and and that's where the Brewers are stuck right now. They're in kind of an adjustment mode after the trade. Yeah, I, they, they are as adjustment, and I, and I think what adjustment is is how is this bullpen going to be used? They have all the faith in the world in Devin Williams. He's, I mean, when he throws the ball, and he's he's that guy. When you look at what he's done in the closer role, he's done an outstanding job. But it's the adjustment to get back to that comfort zone. Teams like routines. 
teams like good routines routines and have, be able to come out each and every day and play play on a good consistent basis routines the routines you do help you pay much better and i think that's what this ball club is looking for what is this bullpen going to look like how is the new bullpen going to be how how are they going to use it is it going to be as good as the bullpen was with josh that's all a part of it but the real problem with this ball club and i think mike brought it up is the add-ons you score early you get the lead adding runs on from there is the most important thing that this ball club has to do from now till the end of the season you gotta you can't just give up score run in the in the third like you did today and say that's going to be enough. No, it's the runs that you put in uh, in the 4th, 5th, 6th and 7th innings that are really going to make a difference on what your team is going to do for the rest of the season and that's a wonder a huge part of what this club is going to do. Bullpen will work itself out and, and Craig will make sure that it, along with Chris Hook, they'll work that out but when it comes into the, with this ball club, it's about adding those runs on and I think you'll agree with me totally. Yeah, and well, that showed up in the Pirate series, right? right? The Brewers had a lead in every one of those games. That's right. They, they had it and then they lost it and then the Pirates just sort of one going away. He had those you know, three-run lead, a four-run lead relatively early in the game, but they couldn't tack onto it, right? You got a team that's in last place, dead to rights. What business do the Pirates have coming back on the first-place Brewers and winning a ball game? Well, to their credit, they never gave up. They well, kept the, plugging away. The one thing the Pirates did, they turned the page on. They turned the page on the Brewers and said, "You know what? You're not going to put the add-ons on. We're going to score a run, get back in the ball game, and now we're going to add on runs." And the Pirate credit to the Pirates, they did that in the game and in, in the two games that they won, they were able not only to put runs on the board, but then add runs as, after they scored. And I think that's one thing that this ball club has to do is getting the guys on base, getting guys that are swinging the bat well, and and having those guys get on base and doing the little things you have to do. The the Brewers win by the home run, but you also have to win by scoring runs in other ways, and that's the big part of what this ball club has to do the rest of the season. Yeah, a lot of frustration on the text line with the Hater trade, and they believe that's uh, you know kind of the reason why the Brewers are where they are right now, that the clubhouse just hasn't rebounded the way it uh, you'd hope after that sort of trade. They look dead, a text here from Doug. Something has to change. They need a new look. This is nothing but a 500 team, if that. Well, they're above 500 now, but it is... Not a great trend here coming out of the All-Star break following the series against the Red Sox. Room to recover? Absolutely. No question about that. And the uh, margin of error is maybe a little more slim than it was, but no time like the present to turn things around here for the Brewers. 855-616-1620 if you would like to join us here. One more segment before the 6 o'clock news. We'll go to about 6.15 tonight with your calls and comments and thoughts following the Brewers' 4-2 loss to the Reds. More Brewers extra innings after this on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Good performance from him today. Brewers trying to take the lead. Two strikes, two outs in the seventh. And here it is. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Sam Martin gets Yelich here tonight. Three pitches, three strikes. And the Brewers strand a man in scoring position. That was a big moment in this game. Jonathan, uh, excuse me, Luis Arias was hit by a pitch to start that inning. And Victor Caratini lined out. Tyrone Taylor was retired at first on a fielder's choice. That put Arias at second base. Uh, but a pitching change was made. Lefty on lefty, San Martin brought in and had no problems dispelling Christian Yelich uh, at the plate. Uh, not that he was overmatched or anything, just off-speed stuff away. Broke over the plate and outside the zone. Yelich chased a little bit. Uh, and the Brewers' scoring opportunity was uh, thwarted there in the seventh. Good opportunity, Jerry, and you know we saw that last night as well. A couple of opportunities to 
tack on runs, to maybe take a lead, try and take the pressure off doing it in the very late innings, you got to cash in on those opportunities, and right now the Brewers are coming up just a little short. Yeah, they are. And when you look at that pitch with Sam Martin, I thought he did an excellent job against uh, against Shelley, making some really good pitches. And the strength of, of of your staff being having that guy being able to come in that lefty on lefty and get that guy out is so important. And and he did. He made some really good pitches. I thought he pitched the ball in the other half, other half of the plate very well. Was able to play with the corners. Went in, showed Yelly that he'd go in, and he went right back out there on him and uh, on the outside. Part was able to get him to swing and miss. So it, coming out of that bullpen, you get guys in scoring position, and you get a guy like Yelly who's come through so much and been swinging the bat so well. Uh, you have to make those good pitches, and Sam Martin really made some good pitches on Yelly. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you'd like to join us, let's grab Mike in Illinois. You're on Brewers Extra Innings. Hi, Mike. Hi, great show. I have to echo what you said about the clubhouse. I don't think, I don't know if the Brewers are sulking about it or worried about Hater. Hater's gone, obviously, and I'm, we all miss him, but uh, I'm worried about St. Louis. I mean, they won today the again against a great Yankee team. Obviously, uh, they've got Molina back. Uh, they got the pitcher flatly coming back. I think they're going to run away with it pretty soon. I don't think the Brewers will stay up with them. Does anybody in the Brewers staff, I mean, lineup that really scares you, like uh, Goldie and uh, Nolan for St. Louis does? I mean, it's just they're, that team's going to be coming out. I don't think the Brewers will overtake them. I'm just, I'm just so disappointed with this trade, and I know they have to move on, but Noah's picking it up. Like you said, who in the Brewers scares you in the lineup? Yelich? I don't know. Yeah, thanks for the phone call, Mike. You know, this is something I talked about earlier in the season, Jerry, where if you looked at the Brewers and Cardinals, boy, if you could combine their rosters somehow, right, and trim some of the excess fat, I mean, there's your World Series team, right? Because the Cardinals have the gauntlet. Uh, you, if you if you can get through Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, and even Albert Pujols, you still cannot make a mistake to Albert Pujols. Uh, and, you know, I, at times, uh, Yadier Molina, I, good luck, right? It always seems like those guys are up in a crunch time clutch situation. Always. And, no, I, I, don't, I don't think anybody on the Brewers roster is consistently feared. You've got guys who can carry you at times. Hunter Renfro has done it at times. Tyrone Taylor has done it at times. Adamas can get hot. Arias has looked like the best hitter on the ball club at times. And Yelich is no longer a power threat, but he is certainly a guy who's going to get on base. But that consistent gauntlet in their lineup, they don't have it like St. Louis does. But when you have the kind of pitching the Brewers had, now this is pre-trade deadline, you look at the pitching and say, well, there's the equalizer. You got Woodruff and Burns, and Peralta, we knew he was going to be coming back. And good luck when you get to the seventh inning, because Boxberger, Williams, and Hayter can shut anybody down. They've been incredibly effective. So you almost feel like it starts to tilt a little bit. and It's like, now the Cardinals' gauntlet of a lineup, and they've done a little bit with their pitching, it maybe looks a little stronger on paper. That, that maybe is some of the frustrating part here to Brewers fans. It, it doesn't look like the Brewers got better after the trade deadline when it, it appeared like he had an opportunity to get better, whether it plays out that way or not. And three years from now, we might be saying, hey, th- this trade worked out great because Gosser's a, a top three guy in your rotation. Right. He's young. He's up and coming. And Sture is a, a, a burgeoning player. He's going to be an all-star. But the players in that clubhouse don't care about three years from now. They don't. 
they want they they're thinking about right now going to World Series. And only you do look at the gauntlet that they have in in in, in St. Louis with with Goldschmidt and Arenado. You got O'Neill just coming back off of injury. His big home run hitter for him last year. They got some other younger kids, Nortberg, and these guys are really starting to swing the bat very well for them. The Brewers on the opposite side, I think really care really need. Everybody that's going to chip in. It's different guys on different days. Do they have guys that are capable of putting the ball in play, scoring runs, hitting home runs? Yes, they do. But when the Brewer side of it, they need more guys to step up. It's not going to be that Arenado or the Goldschmidt-style hitter that's going to go out and hit 30 home runs and drive in 125, 30 runs like these guys will. But you're hoping that a Tellas and a Renfro and these guys can all chip in. But the difference is, like you just said, the starting rotation. The Brewers have the best starting rotation in all of baseball. And how do you win pennants from there? You've got to have a good starting rotation to keep you in ball games because pitching always can stop good hitting. And number two, I think the bullpen. The bullpen wins pennants down the down in the long haul. And that's where the, bull, the, brewer, the Brewers have to really figure out because the Cardinals with this young Hicks and Cabrera are really starting to make a difference. Going to be a very interesting uh, run down the stretch here. So Cardinals and Brewers will play each other seven more times. So, yes, of course, the opportunity will be there on multiple occasions for the Brewers to catch up or expand their lead in the NL Central. But the Cardinals are smelling blood in the water. There's no doubt about that, right? right? They controlled the Yankees today. They have, uh, they're starting to feel it a little bit, and it's always the Cardinals who seem to be in the way, Augie. I, I hope that stops sometime in my life. I don't think it's ever stopped. I, uh, no, I, you would know better than anybody, to, right? Back to 1982 is just, you look at it, boy, we look like we had a great chance, and all of a sudden the Cardinals just, when they needed the big hits, they got them, and uh, it was a great series, but it's always the Cardinals, and the Cardinals are there each and every year, and they do it in different ways. This year they're pretty well-rounded, but I still believe the Brewers have the best pitching staff in all of baseball, and I think that's going to make the difference. We're going to grab news headlines here at the top of the hour. We'll hear from Brewers manager Craig Council on the other side, wrap up the program with highlights. It's all coming up on Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ready? Here it is. Swinging fly ball to right and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and gone for Keston That was a big moment in tonight's game as Keston Hira tied things up in the ninth inning with an absolute missile out to right center. Just two runs for the Brewers, however, on the day as the Reds score four, including a couple in the tenth inning, to earn that 4-2 win. Greg Matzik and Jerry Augustine with you. We'll get to grip manager Craig Council coming up in a second. I wanted to get your thoughts, Augie, on Corbin Burns' start. It makes one mistake, and unfortunately it it, it hurts him a little bit as uh, the Brewers' offense really isn't able to deliver, but... Uh, you talk about a guy who's been in command largely since the season began. It's it's still on repeat here when Burns is on the mound. You feel good about it. Yeah, you have to. And, you know, you look at baseball's changed a little bit. And I, I look at starter at starters, and it's you look at a guy like a Corbin Burns, who was your Cy Young award winner last year, and, and, and Woody, who was fifth in the voting for Cy Young. And you look at their makeup, and you say, how are what is the structure of a major league pitcher nowadays? And it used to be, hey, this guy has a good fastball, maybe a pretty good curveball to go with that he can throw for strikes and maybe a changeup. But now guys have a, a set of pitches that they use to make them successful. And I go with a guy like Corbin Burns. He has that great cutter. He throws at that 96, 97, 95 area. 
short movement, really sharp, and he can locate it both sides of the plate. And then he's got the slider that he can throw on the inside part to a to a left-hand hitter away to a right-hand hitter on both sides of the plate. He can use that. And then it's that curveball. I think that curveball is a key pitch. So you're taking th- a set of three pitches that all look the same, uh, style of break on it, but they're different as far as velocities and the and the the way the ball spins. It's just a little bit different. Then he's got the good fastball and the uh, the changeup to go with it. Today he didn't have that good cutter. He couldn't find a cutter early in the ball game. Although he had five or six strikeouts by the cutter, he couldn't find it early. It was the curveball that he had because he has that set of pitches that he can always count on. Had that good curveball and that good slider, and that really makes a difference. When you look at pitchers today. Their value, it's the value of being able to command the pitches that you need to have to have successful with. And when you're looking at a guy like Corbin Burns, that set of pitches, that cutter, that slider, and that curveball are very, very good. Unfortunately for Burns, this is the eighth start in which the Brewers have provided him two runs or less. Right, just I mean that absolutely, and and where that really stands out, and not that the Reds are going to be a playoff team, but if you talk about Corbin Burns on the mound in a playoff game you're likely to see the other team's number one. So you, right. you almost have that feeling of you're not going to get that level of run support you're hoping for come playoff time as the Brewers have struggled against lefties, as one of our texters, Doug, points out. They are 16 and 17, I believe, this season against left-handed starters. So that's a thing. And when it's the best of the best, today's pitchers are, are oftentimes dominant. against. It's more about them making a mistake. If they don't make a mistake, good luck. That makes it. That's even more important when we talk about the style of pitches. And I, you know, we talked about with with Corbin having that good cutter slider and and curveball along with a great fastball and changeup to go with it. You know, and you take in Woody with the fastball two seamer now that he's thrown very well. That four seam fastball and the changeup. They still have that curveball in that in the curveball and slider for him that he can throw. It's the the quality of your best pitches that you have. It's not just one or two pitches now that you have to have quality. It's a combination of pitches that you have to be able to throw for a strike on a consistent basis and 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 Corbin understand it today the home run that he gave up was a, a breaking ball he just got it over the middle of the plate and I, I believe the guy's name guy's name was Pavrika he was able to hit the ball get the hit the ball on the outside inside part of plate and drive the ball out of the ballpark and uh you know that those happened uh and he just made a mistake with the with the curveball that time, and Papriski, I believe it was, that hit the ball at the ballpark. Yeah, Paprika's a nice spice. You put it in your chili, <laughs> I was kind of reddens things that. up a little bit, I dust off that. your uh, cod fry. I was getting, uh, starting to get a little bit hungry. I think yeah. that's what came <laughs> it, on. It is the dinner hour, Augie. Yes, it is. Uh, let's go to Brewers manager Craig Council. He talks about Burns is out and goes six innings, strikes out nine. With really in command, just one mistake. It was hit over the wall, uh, and not much run support again for Corbin Burns. Here's Craig Council on why he chose to remove Burns after six innings of work. You know, we made the decision at uh, 98 pitches that that I didn't want to, you know, get a, get over like get a, get a big number on him um, at this point in the season. And so, um, thought he thought he had pitched great. I thought it was a, I thought he was really really good today. Um, gave us six strong innings, and it was the time to stop. How good was the curveball for you? Today. Well, I, I thought the cutter was the pitch today. I mean, I think he struggled with that pitch a little bit um, the last couple of starts, and I thought that pitch kind of from from pitch one was really crisp, really sharp, um, and and he had a lot of confidence in that pitch as we went on. But, um, you know, he threw some – I think his off speed has been in a pretty good place, but I thought the cutter was kind of the difference today. 
the offense against Ashcraft obviously got the Willie Homer, but outside of that, just not, not a lot going. Yeah, no, we didn't do much. Nice. I mean, after the way this week is going, nice to just kind of have an off day coming up tomorrow, just kind of maybe take your mind off things, things to think about. Well, yeah, I mean, in, I mean, in a way, you just want to get right back at it, but it's you know, we had a we had a tough week of baseball. It didn't we didn't play great. Um, a lot of things didn't go our way, um, and it resulted in a bunch of losses. Craig, on that, um, the, in the Rogers inning, that that Renfro play is that a ball he should catch? It's right up against the wall. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's the ball that's you know been hit lately. Here is that the it you know I thought off the bat it's nothing, and it's just that ball to right field. It's kind of that ball Chris Bryant hit in the last series that just keeps going, um, and it kept going and got right up against the wall. Just, just as a whole, in, in this week, some of the defensive plays, it feels like there's just been a few miscues that have contributed some of the close losses. What's your take on how the defense has, has played? Um, I mean, I, I, I mean, we had a play today that obviously affected, um, you know, the outcome in the in the 10th. Um, you know, I, he may beat it out, but obviously getting by him kind of changes the inning. Um and you'd have to point out everything else to me. I mean, I, there's some other plays that I think I, I'm thinking of some good plays. So, on that play in particular, Craig, with that runner at second, does that change the calculus for a third baseman charging that? No, play? I mean, I, you know, you no, you, you try to make a get an out, and you, there was definitely an opportunity. I think if he makes the play, there's still an out. Craig, what do you think of um, you know, Keston Hero with that home run a couple of days he's had? Yeah, he's he's had a good couple of days, um, and he's he's swinging the bat well, and um, definitely um, you know doing his job. You told us a couple of times when this has come up, there's still a lot of season left. Are you worried about your team at all, though? Just sort of the the way it's playing right now. Well, I mean, we we didn't have a good week, so we can. But we got to look forward because we got a lot of a lot of baseball left, um, and and the season is going to throw you things that you don't like. Uh, we know that that's that's been that's what you can expect during a baseball season is that you're going to have some moments and times where um, it's it doesn't go your way. Um, it's it's our job to respond to it, um, to bounce back from it, uh, to to look forward to a fun 55 games um, and to look forward to the challenge of trying to do it. Brewers manager Craig Council following today's 4-2 loss to the Cincinnati Reds. A highlight recap after this as we wrap up Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Greg Matzik. Corbin Burns on the mound for the Brewers this afternoon against Graham Ashcraft. Careful saying that. Burns 8 and 5 of the 249 ERA. Ashcraft 5 and 2 of the 412 ERA. Rubber match of a three-game series. And not much in terms of traffic on the base pass, really, for either team. Brewers had a couple on with two out in the first before Colton Wong popped out to end the inning. Two on and two out in the second for Christian Yellich. One and two. Now the pitch. Yelich has swing and a miss, struck him out on a changeup, and the inning is over. Brewers strand a pair, they get a hit. Bob Uecker with the call. Corbin Burns was cruising along five strikeouts through three innings of work. It remained scoreless until the bottom half of that inning. 2-0 pitch, swing and a high fly ball, deep left center field. Way back, it is gone. 
Willie Adamas, his 22nd home run of the season. 1-0, Brew Crew. Jeff Levering on the call as the Brewers ring the bell with another home run for Willie Adamas. And remember, you don't have to wait until Christmas time to ring the bell and put money in the Salvation Army Red Kettle. Donate now at sabmilwaukee.com. That came on a 2-0 pitch, 405 feet to left center to give the Brewers a 1-0 lead. More dominance from Burns in the fourth. 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with a changeup down and away. That is as beautiful a sequence as you'll see from Corbin Burns. Rough day for Joey Votto. Three strikeouts on the afternoon. Reds' first hit of the game came two batters later, but the Brewers' defense answered the Pitch bell. Pitch to Senzel. Swing a liner into the gap in left center field. Taylor can't get there. It's going to hit off the sidewall. He plays the carom. Senzel not stopping. He's heading for third. Here's a throw from Adamas. It's on the bag. Got him! What a relay from Willie Adamas. But in the fifth, Cincinnati tied the game on one of Burns' only mistakes. Swinging, drive to right, deep, big trouble, and we are tied. But Pierce game, his first big league home run. Burns came back out for the sixth and recorded a pair of strikeouts, his eighth and ninth of the game. Ball two, strike two on Joey Votto, and the pitch. Swing and a miss, struck him out. And the inning is over. 98 pitches for Burns on the day. Meanwhile, the Brewers' offense was stuck in neutral, down in order in the fifth, nothing doing in the sixth after a two-out walk to Colton Wong. Next time the Brewers had a runner in scoring position was the seventh inning. Luis Arias was hit by a pitch. He took second on a fielder's choice. Lefty relief uh, Riviere San Martin entered the game to face Christian Yellen. Good performance from him today. Brewers trying to take the lead. Two strikes, two outs in the seventh. And here it is. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Sam Martin gets Yelich here tonight. Three pitches, three strikes, and the Brewers strand a man in scoring position. Yeah, lefty on lefty, the advantage San Martin in that at bat. After a scoreless inning from Matt Bush in the seventh, he threw hard today. Taylor Rogers came on to work the eighth. Rogers lost a pair of strikeouts, but he also allowed a single and a run scoring. Have in mind with all of these changes, this one hit in the air to deep right. Problems at the wall and off the wall. Reds are going to have the lead. Solano in the second base with a standing double. And Jonathan India scores the second run for Cincinnati. It appeared the Reds would add to their lead in the ninth with Brad Boxberger on the mound. After striking out Joey Votto, Kyle Farmer singled. So did Nick Simzel. Boxberger then walked Albert Elmora Jr. to load the bases with one out. Three balls, two strikes. Runners lead for second and third. Now the pitch. It is strike three looking on an inside corner fastball. And the Houdini act was completed just moments later. And the pitch. Swing him a soft little line drive in the left, but right there. Christian Yelich and Boxberger gets out of it with no further damage. That left the Brewers with one more shot. Trailing 2-1 of the ninth. Hunter Strickland on the mound. Keston Hira at the Ready? Plate. Here it is. Swinging. Fly ball to right and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and gone for Keston Hira. He just tied the game. Two extra innings we would go. Reds begin the inning with a runner on second. Devin Williams on the mound for the Brewers. He gets Aristides Aquino to roll one over to third. 
And that's when you cue the clown music. Swing and a bouncer, softly hit third base side. Brasso has it, throws to first, and it's down the right field line. Brasso threw it away. Coming in to score is Romine. Aquino not stopping. He's heading for third. The throw from Telez not going to be in time. And the Reds have a 3-2 lead. Yeah, you could hear it in Jeff's voice there. A single and a run scoring three base air on the errant throw from Brasso. And the Reds would tack on one more before the inning would end. One and two. Williams has his sign and throws home. And it's hit in the air to left. Back, Yelich nearing the warning track. Still on the move, and he makes the catch. Aquino's going to come in and score on a sacrifice fly to make it a 4-2 Reds lead. And the Reds put pressure on the Brewers by putting the ball in play in their half of the 10th inning. And not so much for the Brewers. Of course, starting with a runner on second base, Christian Yelich. Grounded to second. Willie Adamas struck out. Andrew McCutcheon on a pinch hit for Rowdy Telez was the team's last hope. Crowd trying to encourage Andrew McCutcheon here. One ball, two strikes, two outs. Detweiler at the belt. Lifts the leg and deals. Swing and a miss. He struck him out on a high fastball. And the ball game is over. Four runs, seven hits, no errors for the Reds. Two runs, five hits, one error for the Brewers. Hunter Strickland earns the win despite allowing a game-tying home run in the ninth. Devin Williams taped the loss, allowing one hit that rolled about 60 feet. The run that scored uh, unearned runs against Devin Williams. 40,063 in the stands at American Family Field today. A game that lasted three hours and 47 minutes. Started at 1-11. Off day for the Brewers tomorrow. They'll try and get back on the right side of things. Tuesday, August 9th, the Tampa Bay Rays visit for game one of a two-game series. We will greet you with Brewers extra inning following Tuesday night's game from American Family Field. For Jerry Augustine, for Evan and our producer, and you, we appreciate your calls and texts throughout the program. We'll have Brewers extra innings coming up again on Tuesday night. Enjoy the rest of your night on WTMJ.